October means pumpkins and changing leaves and all things spooky, and we've talked about all of that quite a bit already. But it's also National Filipino American History Month. Did you even know there is a National Filipino American History Month? I'm half Filipino, my dad's side, raised in a house full of accents and where the rice cooker was always going, every meal felt like a kamayan, a feast. And I didn't even know about FAHM until I was an adult. I know I'm coming at you with a podcast based in St. Louis, very Midwest, where Asian or Pacific Islander traditions and cultures aren't as prevalent as they are on the coasts. But there's actually a chance you did know it's Filipino American History Month, dear St. Louis neighbor, because you've had a taste of it. Like so many international cuisines, Filipino food is often someone's first foray into the culture. Yes, it's Asian food, so it has a lot in common with Thai or Japanese or Chinese. You eat a lot of rice. But the country was actually a Spanish colony for hundreds of years, so there's a lot of that European influence, as well as the influence of people indigenous to the country made up of 7,000 islands. Roasted pig lechon and tasty pancit noodles, plump empanadas, juicy longanisa, and ube everything. You'll get a lot of garlic and onions and soy sauce and vinegar, and splash some banana ketchup on top of all of it. Mmm. A few years ago, my cousins and I were thrilled to see the Burger of the Month at Five Star in Clayton was inspired by Filipino American History Month. We all ordered one. More and more, it's become a culinary staple. Of course, you have the guys at Gorilla Street Food who introduced so many people around here to the flavors of savory adobo, tart tamarind, and sinigang. Social media Filipino food maven skipped to Malu with her beautiful cookbook chronicling her food journey from the Philippines to the U.S. and recently St. Louis Filipino Bread Company, serving up soft and sweet or stuffed and savory baked items from a shop in Maryland Heights. And sort of like that five-star burger, more and more restaurants are trying out a little Filipino influence in their cooking. The flavors are so decadent and unique, and we know our St. Louis food scene likes a fun experimental collabo. And if you've sampled some Filipino food at one of your favorite haunts this month, like at Nudo House or Salt and Smoke or Izumi or Earthbound Beer, there's a chance one couple had some hand in preparing your meal. Darren and Charlene Lopez Young. Together, they are the fattened calf, and they're inviting you for a seat at their Kamayan table. Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, sitting down with Darren and Charlene, grilling them on Filipino barbecue. It's safe to say they've come a long way. I mean, when I moved here, I had actual real barbecue that was smoked. I didn't even know what smoked meat meant. How it started with backyard game nights and how they're now making St. Louis into the type of community they're excited to raise a growing family in. So we've been so blessed to have people in this industry who have walked alongside us and loved on us really well and just want to see us succeed. And why they say having a restaurant of their own isn't exactly the dream. Plus, food news and a Halloween planner. I met up with Darren and Charlene at Earthbound Brewery on Cherokee Street, home of their pop-up restaurant. That means you have to plan ahead to come on a night they're cooking up dinner. And yes, plan ahead. It's popular. These pop-ups really put them on the map, thanks to the delicious foods like what Charlene put on the table as we sat down. I want to dive in here. Um, tell me a little bit about what we have plated up here on the table at Earthbound. So we have chicken adobo, which is known as the Philippines national dish, mm -hmm. unofficially, but everyone has their own version of adobo and everyone eats it. So yeah. um, we have a chicken wing adobo and then we have our house smoked longanisa 
Um, it, that's a Filipino sausage, and I think this one's the chicken, sweet chicken or spicy yes. chicken? Yes, uh, that one is the spicy chicken that Abby has. Mm -hmm. That one, sweet I think, chicken. is sweet chicken, yes. Yeah. So, Abby, hope you're okay with spice. If not, oh we can God, swap yeah. it out. No, I love spicy. <laughs> okay. I, I love it. It's so good. I'm going to take a bite, too. Just because, like, you know, I'm giving you permission to eat as well. <laughs> Charlie's thankful for that opportunity to sneak a few bites in. She's expecting another baby in a few months, and their toddler is entertaining herself nearby. They are busy. Their two-year-old daughter is about the same age as Charlene was when she moved from Los Angeles to the Philippines, growing up there until she was nine. She says moving back to the U.S. was a culture shock, but even more so was her move to the Midwest, which pushed her to begin cooking more of the food she loves and grew up with. Like not being around other Filipinos, I've taken that for granted, and now it's like, no, I want to, I want to be represented, um, I, and I want other people to not feel as lonely as I did when I first moved here. So, however, that's going to happen. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. So Charlene's Filipino heart is, of course, the driving beat of the fattened calf, but her husband Derek is, in many ways, its soul. His relatively recent passion for barbecue also helped light this fire. Well. <sighs> You know, I've always been a foodie. Um, <laughs> I think both me and Charlene were always foodies. Darren, uh, what's up? You made rice from a microwave before. <laughs> Listen, Let's be honest about being how Being a foodie doesn't mean you have to be a good, a I good guess, cook. I guess, right? I guess. Right. Right. I agree with that. I yeah. just, since the very early beginning of my life, I know I've always loved food. food. I was the food person in my family, mm. right? Um, I was always adventurous all the above, not picky. Um, not picky, willing to try new things, uh, but definitely, you know, wanted, I wanted to fill my belly with <laughs> good food. My introduction to real barbecue only came from me being in St. Louis. My, my point of reference, I, I tell the story, it was uh, Chili's Baby Back Ribs was, was American barbecue to me growing up in Southern California. Um, and when I moved here, I had actual real barbecue that was smoked. I didn't even know what smoked meat meant. I actually fell in love with barbecue first before I fell in love with Filipino food because I didn't really know uh, Filipino food. Charlene that introduced me into Filipino cuisine um, and it started around a conversation of Filipino barbecue where I said, what's that? Like That sounds amazing. Um, and then we went to the Philippines for the first time in 2015 um, and I had Filipino street food. Um, Filipino Grilled barbecue. Chicken Grilled chicken neck. Grilled chicken neck was one, one of the best with. things I've ever eaten. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Filipino barbecue, pork chicken skewers, uh, lechon, um, and it changed my world <laughs> about food. Uh, and I remember, you know, Charlene and I, we, we just, we both processed uh, just the amazing food experience that we had uh, on the plane back to the Philippines. And we said, why isn't this here in St. Louis, you know, like, and what could we do to bring it to St. Louis. So they did, but just to friends with at-home game nights where they'd feed them piles of Filipino foods and meats Darren had learned to smoke himself. Filipino barbecue is different because it's known for savory marinades and sweet sauces or vinegar-based dips, often pork and chicken, typically on a skewer. Those friends loved it all so much they convinced them to try hosting a pop-up dinner at a restaurant to other paying customers. So in 2019, they did. 
their first one at Milk Toast. With just one semester of culinary school under their collective belt, they began hosting several pop-ups a month, finding a home at Earthbound Beer. We realized that, you know, we don't need to have a degree no. in culinary I arts to do this. I got my master's in international relations, and now I make sausages. Like, <laughs> it's such a different world, but we love it. Yeah. Even having people over, like I'm ordering pizza and having people over and then I get nervous that nobody's going to show up or people aren't going to like it or something like that. Like, what are the nerves like going into in your first kind of first couple even events like that? Well, man, cooking for your friends and cooking at home is so much more different than you know, cooking for people, like at a pop-up restaurant. Who pay for your food. Yeah, who pay for your food. I think, you know, our friends <laughs> love us so much that, you know, they're going to love the food regardless. <laughs> but I think our food was special um, because there was an element of just kind of us pouring our hearts and souls into it. Uh, what we just hope is people are going to come. They're going to have a great time, uh, great celebration around food, uh, Filipino food and community. Yeah, so. and I think we're our biggest critic. So like, we always wanna do better, not because we wanna look better, but we wanna serve people better. Um, we wanna give them good food and we want them to have a good impression that like, we took our time to do this and we care enough about you to give you good food. Like we would if you came to our house. Um, so everything, we always like overanalyze and criticize the work that we do. Like, did we plate this right? Can we cut this differently? Are we charging too much? Like where can we cut costs so that without compromising the flavor so that people will enjoy the food and not hurt their pockets? Where can we have a venue where it's comfortable for people? Is it family friendly? Like at, we're thinking about every single thing and I feel like we haven't reached a point where we just would stop doing that. Like we just wanna give people the best. Our mission, we always say is to love food, but to love people more. And so how do we do that? How do we love people more through what we do? So, yeah, I, I, it's still very nerve-wracking. You never know who's coming, right? You never know if you get the tito and tita who's like, hey, this, this wasn't cooked right the way my grandma did it. Or you just never know how Filipinos are going to respond to Filipino food. Yeah. They're, they're also our biggest critic. And so we, we always, <laughs> always want to um, just do our best. And at the same time, those other Filipinos are Charlene's biggest yeah. motivator uniting people whose families or who themselves had made a life in St. Louis from the Philippines, but haven't always had a very visible collective presence here. I, being a Filipino-American, first-generation American, um, wanted to have a place where just a lot of Filipinos or Filipino-Americans can gather for me, like so that I could see that I'm not alone in the city. So we try to stick to authentic Filipino food the way my grandma would make it or my mom would make it. Um, and the way we would remember when we visit the Philippines. Um, and so I guess in that, it's a celebration of itself. It doesn't have to be Filipino American History Month for me to kind of really gather and build a community around Filipinos, um, centered around Filipino food. In the Filipino Student Association I was part of in college, we held events for, quote, Filipinos and Filipinos at heart. That's because that's part of it. We are a warm, hospitable culture of big music, hugs and laughs, loud and proud, at the same time driven and humble. Great qualities in a friend, right? Well, those are the values Darren and Charlene exemplify in The Fattened Calf, which is good because the pop-up model depends on people wanting to be her friend or at least wanting to work with you. 
Other restaurants opening their kitchen space, seed funding, mentorship programs. They love food and they love people more, as Charlene said. And so, like, people, people love them right back. Synergy. I think St. Louis food scene is that way. There's really not much competition. Like, it feels like everyone's a family. And so um, that was the biggest shock for me. Coming from Los Angeles, where everyone kind of is to themselves or, like, very individualistic, at least when I was growing up there. I don't know what it's like now. I was never in the food scene, right? But, like, I would imagine, because it's overly saturated with a bunch of stuff, yeah. that... It seems like it's a lot more competitive than it would be in St. Louis. But here, like, people want to see you succeed. Like, people in the food industry really want to just give you a leg up to, to make sure that you are doing well and that you are able to pursue what you want to pursue. Perhaps their biggest collaboration to date with us at home in our kitchens, thanks to their new widely available longanisa. That's Filipino sausage. It's smoked. It's kind of shorter than a typical sausage is, like stubbier. It's kind of like sweet chorizo. It can be kind of spicy, chicken or pork, chopped up and pan-fried with a little rice and an egg on top. By the way, you've got one of my favorite quick and easy at-home lunches. I used to clear the shelves of the fat and calf longanisa when they first started selling it at Schnook stores because it was a bit more rare. Now, they should be available at any store near you. Yeah. Man, um, you know, that, I that think... That was my idea, by the way. <laughs> I'm just Hold sorry. on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that was I mean, my idea. I don't know if... if you know, anybody needs to take personal credit, it's but this is, a, this is a <laughs> joint effort here. But in a lot of ways, I think um, the story of the Fat and Calf started with pop-ups. But then I think the story of the Fat and Calf begins with the Longanisa. Um, and I think now that is going to be our big uh, focal point. That's our pivot. Um, and we're we will be transitioning, I think, into more of a kind of food manufacturing consumer goods business or a food brand, um, as well as still doing pop-ups. And maybe there's a brick and mortar in place in the future, uh, maybe. Um, but we know we have something special uh, with the Longanisa, and we have something special um, by not being tethered to just a specific location or a restaurant. With the Longanisa, I mean, we, we have reach. We're in 67 stores throughout Missouri and Illinois, um, and we can be much further than that, uh, starting regionally and then even nationally. There's, there's a demand for this. Um, but the Longanisa came through COVID, really. Uh, it was our COVID response. Um, and it came through the form of Schnooks reaching out. Andy DeCoe sent us an email um, saying he heard about us, read about us, and was uh, interested in getting um, fat and calf uh, Filipino ready-to-eat meals in the grocery store. Uh, Charlene, do you want to share what you thought <laughs> of that email when that first came? Oh, I thought it was a scam. Yeah. <laughs> It was like one of those that's like, hey, I'm your long lost Nigerian cousin. And I was like, no. Here no, to make I'm your dreams come yeah, true. I'm not responding this to this. Yep. Exactly. It was Andy Deku. His primary job at Schnooks was sourcing fine cheeses, and now he's become the go to guy for local restaurants and makers hoping for a spot on store shelves. We talked to him in an episode last August. I'll be there for you. It's a good one. Go back and listen to it. But the funny thing about this is, you know, we. We had always planned on, we had put the Longanisa on the menu for the first time in February. We did a Filipino brunch and it was our biggest pop-up yet. Like we had sold out of 300 plays, had to send like 50 people home with nothing. Like it was 
chaos. Um, but we were so excited and could not wait like for what was next. And this was February 2020. Now COVID hit, what was that, March, mid-March 2020, second week of March was maybe the shutdown. Um, we were, I mean, we were so disappointed and we, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. I, and I remember telling Charlene, um, hey, we should consider this because, you know, I know we're saying, oh, yeah, we'll go to a pop up. You know, we'll start doing pop ups again next month or two months down the road, you know. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then I said, you know what? Like, I think we should give this a go. Let's figure out how we can make it work. They experimented a bit with ready-to-eat meals. Well, turns out the Longanisa sausages were the best option because of a longer shelf life. We would never known that once we started getting our Longanisa on the shelves that it would just be this incredible hit. Um, we would have never known that uh, this would be our focus. And now we are really trying to lean into the consumer good sides uh, of the business and um, First with our longanisa. Now we have four different flavors um, in Schnucks Grocery Store. Um, we have working a on two more. working on two more uh, longanisa flavors: a savory, uh, garlicky sausage, um, as well as um, Filipino-style sauces. Um, we want to get our Filipino barbecue marinade uh, sold in stores. Um, a, vi a vinegar dipping sauce, uh, and then a vinegar, yeah, yeah. spice vinegar, and then a um, a house-made banana ketchup um, sauce to start selling yeah. as well. It's not going to be Jafran, but we hope that for people who don't have access to international grocery stores, they'll be able to still have banana ketchup. We're hoping at some point we'll start to ship our uh, Longanisa. Um, so you could order it if you live in Chicago or mm. California or New York, uh, wherever. Um, and then um, more products. You could expect Filipino-style pickles, uh, pickle papaya, um, more sauces, or barbecue marinade um, for do-it-yourself at home. Uh, super excited about that and more pop-ups for sure. Now Darren is excited, not just about their business, but about St. Louis overall. And that's saying something, because when they moved here, it was for a job he was doing for the Salvation Army, youth and community work. He had no intention of staying here. He was ready to up and leave and head back out to the West Coast. Instead, he says St. Louis is growing on him. This ground, the couple says, that's proved so fertile for their efforts is the perfect place to put down some roots. We've been asked to move back quite a few times. <laughs> who asked us to move back? Like family, family yeah. friends, people who have heard about our sausages Ugh. have just said like there's a market for it here. Yeah. But like we just don't really want to go. It's not, I don't think we're leaving anytime soon. We're, you're stuck with us, St. Louis, basically. It's on the record. I'm going to yeah. hold you to that. You're stuck with us. <laughs> We're in the podcast booth and in the, has it been two years yet of doing this podcast? I guess it's been about two years now. A little over two, yeah. We try not to repeat themes, but this is our second Filipino American History Month themed thing. And as I believe I told you, it's my podcast and I do what I want. <laughs> yes. So um, we have done a Filipino American History Month episode, our very first October in mm -hmm. business. So that was back in 2019. Give that one a listen, too, if you want to learn a little bit more about the Gorilla Street Food guys, about Skip to Malu, mm -hmm. about Filipino food in general. It's a good one. That one was so fun. Oh, that Remember meal? we had to yes. make breakfast? Oh, that's back when we were doing, like, like in-depth, like, reporting shoots and going all over the place. Oh, that was fun. Yep, that one was I need good. to pull 
pull you out of the podcast. <laughs> now you're now you're important around here, so I can't drag you around town going to restaurants with me as much. Yeah, but. it's harder to leave the building these days. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, hey, speaking of hard, we've got a. Sad news story. We are recording this, by the way, on Thursday morning, so that's why it's dropping in your feed a little bit later. Um, but in some ways, maybe that's a good thing because we're able to get this top-line news item here yeah. uh, at the top of the rundown. Big news. I know you're really heartbroken by this one. Mm-hmm. Taste by Niche announced that they've closed for good. This is from Gerard Kraft. He announced that the Central West End Bar has closed after 12 years in business Now, they had closed during the pandemic and just reopened in June. So they were one of those really long holdouts. Um, But Kraft wrote online that, like so many other places in the industry, they've had to pivot and change. And while they were hoping to bounce back, it was just a lot harder than they had anticipated. So Taste is closing, but there is a silver lining here. His French restaurant, which is right next door, Brasserie, that restaurant is thriving and needs room to expand so it's going to take over the taste restaurant space and open up as the brass bar they'll be serving french snacks desserts and cocktails and Kraft said he kind of described it as a great place to pregame yeah somewhere to go for drinks or snacks before dinner and then somewhere you can finish up with dessert so kind of like a waiting area slash lounge room, which is interesting to me because I'm like, well, why can't you just do it that way and keep it taste? Yeah. I don't know. I When I was reading that, I'm kind of bummed because, yeah, they only reopened in June. It was much anticipated. I'd only had a couple opportunities to swing by and try to get back in there. Um, as I was mentioning to you, Dory, it is where me and my now fiance had our first like real mm. date. So I'm kind of bummed about that. We've tried to go, but it, was, it always seemed busy, which yeah. is interesting to me. I know they had some staffing changes, and I believe their chef posted that he left not too long ago, too. So I, I imagine there's just a lot going on with all of that. But at least that space will not be vacant. So yes. I'm glad to hear about that. And, um, you know, hopefully still get a lot of those really good restaurants and uh, I'm sorry, drinks, cocktails drinks. and things like that. So I, I'm wondering if it's just an easier staffing situation, if it's all connected in one space. Good point. That's yeah. a really good point. Um, speaking of staffing and being indoors, one of our restaurants we've loved talking about and anticipating and eating in the past uh, over a year now, you a can year finally now. get in to that space. Yeah. So Tempest has announced that they are opening their dining room for the first time ever. This is the nationally recognized restaurant from the James Beard semi-finalist Ben Groupie. The um, guests will be able to go inside for the first time in limited capacity starting next Wednesday, November 3rd. Like you said, they've been open for a full year now. Um, They've been doing curbside this whole time and they opened up during the pandemic. So they made adjustments right from the get-go for this indoor dining experience. They're going to have you make reservations. Mm -hmm. Those are required And for now, Tempest will be offering a $75 per person three-course dinner experience. Everyone who goes needs to have a proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to go. That's actually a pretty good price for a fixed price, like, tasting menu uh, at a lot of these types of restaurants. So if you haven't had a chance to try Tempest yet, you've been waiting to go inside, your opportunity is a coming. I love that. Um, Gosh, we're talking about a lot of things that have been long anticipated in today's rundown. Here's another one. Another one. Bar K is opening. So if you put those two together, it spells Bark. 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 Uh, This is the dog-friendly facility that is going to now open in mid-November. So just a couple weeks away. Yeah. 
This is going to be a dog park in a 10,000 square foot indoor off-leash space plus a bar, a restaurant, an entertainment venue, and event space. It looks huge. I think when I was reading up on it, it's like a $6 million renovation that they yeah. put into this space. So it is a large spot. Um, their menu is going to focus on local food and drinks. And to go, there will be a cost per dog, or you can get a year-long membership. Uh, seems like it'd be worth it. Cool little place to hang out. It's located near 44 in Vandeventer, just south of the Grove. So I looked at their Instagram and actually for their grand opening, um, you know, if you're going to become like a founding member, it's a pretty significant discount you get. And second dogs are a little cheaper too. Okay. So I have yet to pull the trigger on it, <laughs> but I have a feeling that's going to be something that winds up happening because that's awesome. And I love that it's indoors too. That just seems yes. to open up a lot of opportunities for, and also you don't have to worry about the dog getting too muddy by taking them to the dog. Park. Exactly. Yes. Already on top of the slobber sometimes. Just like, oh, and you're muddy now too. Mm, Dang you're it. like, cool, cool, cool. I love this. <laughs> but sometimes you do want to just be outside and, you know, maybe hang out, have a beer. Here's another yes. great place you can go do that that's finally open. Yeah, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Rockwell Beer Garden has officially opened just in time for those bonfires and sweater weather. It is in Francis Park in South City, right over by my high school, Bishop DeBerg. <laughs> um, the uh, beer garden is featuring a walk-up food counter, a concession stand, outdoor dining and gathering spaces. The menu has pizza, salads, dips, snacks, a lot of grab-and-go type of items, plenty of picnic tables out there for you to enjoy them. And then they're going to feature, obviously, Rockwell's craft beer, some wine, cocktails, and other non-alcoholic beverages. They when we mentioned this before, the the owners really wanted to focus on this being a family-friendly kind of place. I mean, for, after all, it's inside a park. Yeah, so. and Rockwell, the brewery, is already very family-friendly. Mm-hmm. and so I like. But it is up against a busy road, so I like the idea that this is a place you can bring the dogs and the kids and they can just run around. It's kind of like a winery experience, but yeah. at a brewery and yes. a park. I like that. I like that. Um, okay, so tis the season for sweaters and bonfires, but also the blues. Honk. Let's go. That was good. I like that. Nice work. Thank you. That's what I do in my part time gig. (laughs) All right. So, off the ice at Enterprise Center, the food lineup, I mean, the blues right now are rocking it. Yes. Um, But off the ice, even. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I think they play tonight. Mm -hmm. So, even no matter what, when you go to Enterprise Center, you can enjoy some great food. They've got a, a couple newcomers. In the uh, the stands out there at Enterprise Center this year. So the new food options include Mission Taco Joint, Chicken Out, and the Baked Bear, which I am so which excited about. Which is perfect about. for hockey. Yeah. Yes. Like ice cream cookie sandwich. Mm-hmm. And uh, it will stay frozen for a while. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're close to the ice. Um, so those new options are joining several other local food and uh drink options that are sprinkled throughout the arena. Those are, I love that Enterprise Center does so much local food. They've got Lion's Choice. They've got several other um, places, local places that have little shops in there. It's very cool. It very much feels like a St. Louis experience going in there. So Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? So um, I've had a really good food week. I love that for you. And, And yes, very good. I had a tough time picking this week, but I'm going to give my old hubby a little shout out here. So he whipped up this soup. 
It is so Ooh. soup season. I had three different yeah. soups this week. And it was really good. So this one was inspired by uh, a soup that is served at the doctor's lounge at Mercy, which he never brags about the food there, but this is the one thing that Fantastic. he wanted. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He said this is the one thing that he's like, oh, this soup is really good, and uh, <laughs> I want to try to make it at home. So we we tried. We did it, and it was great. It's a fire-roasted red pepper smoked Gouda soup. Yep. So it's like... Super elevated tomato soup in a way. Um, and we put some croutons in there. We bought some bread from Union Loafers and had a nice little Ooh, yeah. dipping bread in there. Okay, so, so did he like just kind of come up with the recipe? Did he like look something up similar and doctor it till it tasted like, well, no pun intended there. <laughs> he is a doctor though, ladies. Um, making sure that it sound like, how do you, how'd you go about that? So I think he just looked up something online, found something very similar. And he's always really good with tweaking recipes to make them taste a certain way. So I think he doctored it a little bit, but mostly just went off of what he found online. And it was really good. We still have leftovers in the fridge and... I'm like, how about we eat that tonight? Yeah. I keep wanting to eat the leftovers, which is not always the case for me. Oh, that sounds so good. I'm mm-hmm. happy for you that you had a great food week. I had like a bad food week. I was thinking mm. about it. I'm like, what have I eaten this week? Like, I feel like I'm sustaining myself on like rice and chicken. Like, we have just, those yeah. weeks. Every once in a while, it's like you don't feel like going to the grocery store. Oh, yeah. You don't, no. you just don't even want to necessarily order in. It's I just usually like, eat eggs every morning and I haven't had eggs in a week and a half because I just haven't wanted to go to the grocery store. What is up with I you? I know. I'm, str- I'm in a funk, my friend. I'm in a funk. <laughs> but um, I did go to my parents' house and I was like on Saturday and I'd made myself, oh, I'd made some beef lettuce wraps actually that day that That's were pretty, pretty good. good. So I cooked those. Um, but when I heard my dad wanted to order emos, I was just like, oh, I'll just hang out a little bit longer until the pizza gets here. <laughs> and so I don't know what it was. And it's probably really cliche of me for my best thing to have been toasted ravioli. But I don't know if they did something different or what. But they were like extra fluffy and mm-hmm. crispy on the outside. And then like the meat inside was extra just like juicy. It was they were really good oh. toasted ravioli. And I was like, okay, because, you know, it can be hit or miss or whatever. But, like, so I guess shout out to the emos in uh, St. Charles, Missouri, whoever would deliver to, like, St. Charles slash St. Peter's because uh, it was really, really good. I can, liked that. Can never go wrong with T-Ravs. And actually, just a quick story. A couple weeks ago, we had some friends in town um, visiting from Georgia. Mm-hmm. And we watched them, like, we made sure to watch them as they took their first bite out of a T-Rav, like, hoping, like, do you love yeah. it as much as we do? And, yeah, they loved it. it was Good. Great. I hate I hate when they don't love it as much as we do. We, we need them to love it we as do. much we as really we do. do. There's a lot riding on that. <laughs> hey, okay, so we've got one heck of a weekend planner for you all because it is Halloween. So we want to launch into that, and we're going to be giving you a lot of things, but I want to say off the top here, we do have a link in our episode notes to more information on, on all of this. So let's start with some family-friendly options for you. So all weekend at the St. Louis Zoo, the Hollow Weekends are continuing from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's a daytime event that is free, but you should make a reservation. It's where you'll see the animals playing with and even stomping some pumpkins. Mm. They call it enrichment. We call it just good, clean Halloween fun. Uh, non-scary Halloween decorations and fall foods will be available. And then once it gets a little darker, boo at the the zoo will continue through Sunday night from 5 to 8.30. At this one, you will need paid ticketed reservations. And then if you want to continue, the Family Fun Grants Farm has their Fall Fest and Halloween drive through This is another one where you'll need to make reservations and buy tickets for that. 
If you're looking for something a little bit spookier, head on over to Fry Fest. That is continuing at Six Flags, at least through Halloween, I mm-hmm. think, maybe even a couple days later. And then um, the Magic House and Butterfly House also have some Halloween touches throughout the weekend. And same goes for City Museum on Saturday. At Union Station, they're having Train or Treat. Not my favorite play on the whole trick-or-treat uh, <laughs> term, but you know, it is what it is. Um, begins inside a tent full of skeletons, and it takes you through a maze of decorated rooms and a barnyard full of pumpkins that you can pick one up and decorate it. This is for kids 12 and younger. Tickets are required. It's not too expensive, though, actually. I looked it up. And if you're downtown at Union Station already, a bonus might be stopping by the aquarium where you might see some costume divers carving pumpkins in the waters of Shark Canyon, which I thought that's kind of intriguing. Also, what kind of costume can you wear as a diver? I was thinking shark or mermaid. But then what happens if, like, will you freak the shark out? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Intriguing. Hmm. Um, All right. Also happening this weekend, Saturday at the North County Rec Complex is the Halloween Bonanza. I like that I like that play on words better. Yeah, that's a good play on words. (laughs) This is a family-friendly event that includes hayrides, crafts, a bonfire, and a scavenger hunt. That sounds fun. And if you haven't gotten your fill of your parish or neighborhood community trunk or treat yet, there's one more opportunity to go to a trunk or treat and Jack-O-Lantern Trail in Faust Park Friday nights. They say in their press release there's no fear of hiking for treats at night during the Halloween season when you're guided by the light and spirit of jack-o'-lanterns leading you to the reward of a trunk or treat the press release again stated yeah pretty intriguing press release sounds like it'll be fun costumes are not required but if you don't wear one you're kind of lame i didn't they didn't say that in the press (laughs) release i did registration is required though all right so how about this an all-day event that you can go to the legendary Central West End Halloween is back. It's coming to Maryland and Euclid. Woo-hoo! This is the big party in the Central West End. There will be a kids costume parade and party starting at 11. And then there's a noon trick-or-treating area at the um, all the businesses there. And at 1 is the dog costume contest and parade. Okay. Are the pups getting yep. dressed up? Okay, yep. of course. We are, yes. This is walking distance from us. We are dressing up in a family costume. <gasps> Yeah. Oh, I cannot it's wait. It's good. It's okay. good stuff. I cannot wait. Um, so then also there'll be several hours of live music at the main stage before the adults only costume contest and party begins at 6 p.m. And that could be quite the scene and mm-hmm. very fun. It usually is. Oh, yes. There will be a DJ, fire dancers, and so much more. Always fun. Glad to see that happening again. And on Sunday, not which is actual Halloween, by the way, Nine Mile Garden, you know, if you've stopped by at all during spooky season, they've been transformed to the Haunted Garden. But starting at 4 p.m. on Sunday, the Food Truck Garden will also feature a haunted maze, Dory. They Ooh, have a haunted yes. maze. Trick-or-treating yes. with local businesses and food trucks. They'll have some magicians tarot card readers, psychics. They'll play, I don't know if that's a good idea for me right now. (laughs) They'll play movies that get scarier as the night goes on, starting with some kind of family-friendly flicks, and then it'll turn into, I believe, Poltergeist is what they're going to be playing later. They'll have an adult costume contest, a late-night DJ, and free beer and spirit samples throughout the night. And also, if you're kind of into that spooky vibe, haunted houses. Don't forget, 
St. Louis has a ton of them. Mm-hmm. The Darkness, Limp Brewery, Creepy World's Haunted House. They are all up and going this Halloween season. If you haven't gotten a chance to go by yet, go this weekend. And not exactly the same thing, but St. Louis Escape, the Escape Rooms Company, is running a Frankenstein and Dracula-themed escape room right now as well. So if you're like, hmm, I want to be scared but also do some team building, then there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, all right, so how about some things for the adults who are listening here? You can head on over to Cedar Lake sellers this Saturday from 7 to 10 they're having an adults only 21 and up gathering they'll have music dancing wine cocktails a costume contest and specials this is free but the organizers are asking you to reserve RSVP online and this one we both sound, thought sounded really good. Yeah. Uh, Fabulous Fox is having ghost tours. The theater says they have quite a few resident ghosts, and they're ready to share their stories with you. I want to know about that. I Yeah, I'm really into That's this. That's interesting. Um, the ghost tours include a history of the theater from Fox Tour Guides and then ghost stories from the St. Louis Paranormal Research Society. They're going to explain some of the theater's hot spots for paranormal activity and just kind of give you all the little insights on the other people who are there who are in that. attendance but not paying tickets. Oh. <laughs> but you will need to pay tickets. They cost $40, <laughs> and that includes parking, and that goes through Sunday. Very cool. And then also if you're looking for a different type of adult experience on Sunday, Freak Fest, a night at the museum at the City Museum. They're having an all-day party there. You have to be 18 and up to enter. Um, really the best stuff is Dory's alarms going Sorry. off saying, woo! <laughs> Freak Fest! That's her Freak Fest alarm. Uh, 18 and up to enter, but you you know, 21 and up will get the most out of this because there are going to be bars all over the place, DJs stationed throughout the museum, and of course, it's the City Museum. So it, everything they have to offer, romp and play in your grown-up Halloween costume. Just be a kid for the day. Sounds like a blast. It does. It does. Tickets are required for this. So once again, everything is linked in our episode notes, and we'll also have a link to a list of different places offering more fall food and drinks um, from our five on your from KSDK.com or five on your side colleagues writing those things up. You have no excuse to be bored this weekend, is what I keep exactly. saying. Keep saying. Okay, so Dory, have you decided what your Halloween costume is? Yes, and I'm gonna be really lame about it, but warm. So for okay. Christmas a couple of years ago, my mom got me this blanket that is in the shape of a mermaid tail that you just kind of slip Yeah, on no, that, I always wanted one of those, actually. So I'm going to sit on our for, front porch steps and put that blanket mermaid tail on. I'm going to be a mermaid. I'm guessing you're not wearing a bikini top along with uh, No, it. I don't think so. I mean, maybe <laughs> underneath five different layers to keep warm, but no. Mermaid mentality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five in Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Thanks so much to Lindsay Patton for her help on this episode. Leave us a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. We also want to hear what you get into this weekend on our Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Have a great Halloween weekend and seize the candy. Ooh. And the plate. We got to end it that way. (laughs) 